Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, it is a big night for the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. If it doesn't go right, what does it all mean as far as the construction of the Brooklyn Nets? It is Chris Carlin. It is Chris Canty in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. What is up, Mr. Canty? I can't call it, man. Good to be rocking out with you. And we had some big news announced yesterday as far as we're concerned, right? I'm fired Can- up. Canny and Carlin officially kicking off on April 25th. Can't wait. Of course, that's in my Bart Scott voice. <laughs> can't wait either. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Three to seven Eastern time every day on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We are fired up for that. And we are fired up for so much today, including who actually does want to play with LeBron James at this point. And the top five players in the NBA who are going into this postseason with the most pressure on them. But right now, let's roll. And Chris, that place to start is with the Nets tonight. Yes, they're in a good spot, having it be in the seventh spot. So they're, in essence, in a double elimination situation against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But boy, did they have to work hard to get to this point. And I have no question that the Nets are going to get to the first round of the postseason. I'm a little concerned tonight. I don't think that it's going to be a a situation where they lose this game, but I think there'll be some tight moments down the stretch against the Cavaliers. But overall, you have to wonder what this is going to be for the Nets in the big picture. This is such a Jekyll and Hyde situation, Chris. I don't know what to expect from this Brooklyn Nets team, and that's impossible for me to believe that I'm saying when you have the best player in the sport on the team and a top 10 player on the sport uh, on the team. Well, Carlin, I think we know what we can expect from the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to go out there and try to outscore the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's essentially what they did this past Friday night when they beat the Cavs in Barclays head-to-head for the opportunity to host the play-in game between the 7th and 8th seed. So I think we know what this Brooklyn Nets team is. Their identity has always been being able to be dominant on the offensive end, led by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when they're both available. We know defensively they're going to continue to struggle. There's a reason why Brooklyn is 19th in defensive efficiency. They're not very good. They don't put a lot of emphasis on that side of the court. It's going to come down to can Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving play at an extremely high level, and can Brooklyn exploit some of the matchup advantages that they have, particularly inside, because there is no Jared Allen for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He worked out over the weekend, and the Cavs went ahead and ruled him out for this game tonight. So I think that Andre Drummond could be poised to have another big game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can they take full advantage of that? That's the question that remains to be seen for Brooklyn, because even though it is a double elimination situation, if you're the Nets, you don't want to be flirting with having to play in that game against the winner of the 9-10. Because if you lose that one, then you're all the way out of the playoffs. And now we're talking about one of the biggest failures in NBA, in the NBA in the last 20 years. Well, I thought Nick Friedel put it exceptionally well on the Hoop Collective podcast today in previewing these games with Brian Windhorst, who's going to join us in 15 minutes. Said simply this, the Nets will struggle with teams that play hard all the time. <laughs> what? I mean, that, but that tells you everything you need to know, and it leads to my questions here, and it leads to the questions of the Nets 
overall, doesn't it? That in the bigger picture of all of this, this could go down as one of the biggest, biggest disappointments as far as a team being assembled, the dream team, if you will, in NBA history, and frankly, in professional sports history, because when we were sitting here at the beginning of the year, we didn't know exactly what was going to happen with Kyrie Irving, but certainly counted on him uh, prior to finding out that he wasn't going to play at all, that he was going to be a big factor for the Nets this year, that James Harden was going to be a big factor in the big three together, even if Irving was going to miss some time because of the vaccination situation, that they were going to be able to accomplish a lot. And here we are. Harden is gone. Felt like his best chance to win a championship was elsewhere, which tells me so much about the situation. When somebody who is a superstar on the inside who pushed his way to get out of Houston less than a year later is pushing his way to get out of Brooklyn and to get somewhere else, That tells me that the dynamic there is not a good situation. And frankly, what can I trust? What can I trust about the Nets right now, Chris? I don't know the answer to that. We can talk about what to expect tonight, but can we really talk about expecting the Nets to go all the way to the finals? I mean, I think we both could see a scenario where they lose in the first round or they go to the finals. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely can see a very real possibility that they lose in the first round, especially if you're talking about them matching up against the two seed in the East, which happens to be the Boston Celtics, a team that beat them three out of the four matchups that they had in the regular season. And Carlin, keep this in mind. In the back of Boston's mind, this was the team last year that bounced them in, what, five games mm-hmm. in the first round of the playoffs? So there's probably going to be a little bit of get back, a little more motivation for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and company. And they weren't afraid for this either, by the way, considering how they played over the weekend. They had no problem with this being a potential matchup. Not at all. Not at all. And all of the advanced metrics seem to favor the Boston Celtics when it comes to the prospects of them being able to make it out of the Eastern Conference and get to the NBA Finals. According to basketball reference, Carlin, the Boston Celtics have a 47.5% chance to win the East. That's the highest of any team in the Eastern Conference. Second is the Miami Heat, and third is the Milwaukee Bucks. I have to tell you, that's a shocking number. That that is a shocking number, too. But you know who's not listed in that top three? The Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody understands exactly what you just said. Outside of Kevin Durant being one of the single best basketball players on the planet, there really isn't a whole lot that the Brooklyn Nets can hang their hat on. It's not like they have a coach that could be the difference in them winning games. It's not like you have the most reliable number two option in Kyrie Irving. And beyond your big two, who, where's your offense going to come from? I, I think that's a question mark every single night. There are guys that could be possibilities. Goran Dragic could be a possibility. Seth Curry could be a possibility. Patty Mills off the bench could be a possibility. But those aren't guys that you, you, you feel like you can rely on. And I think that's the problem when it comes to Brooklyn. So to your point, yeah, we're, we're looking at it as a fait accompli that the Nets take care of their business tonight and get into a real playoff series. But that's not what it's about for the Nets. That's not the goalpost. It's competing for a championship. And it's hard to believe that we're three years into the KD Kyrie experiment and we're still talking about this group having to be in a play-in game rather than an actual playoff series from the get-go. Well, that's where the intriguing part of this discussion 
takes the next step forward. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, and it leads us to Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Chris, you have a major decision to make about Kyrie Irving after this year. He's going to opt out of his contract. At least you would expect that he would out of the final year where he's going to make $35, 36000000 And then you have to decide if you want to give him the extension that he is eligible for, which is five years and $246 million. Ooh. If the Nets go out in round one, and knowing what we know about Kyrie, even the vaccinations aside, what we saw last year when he disappeared, can you truly justify that that is the way to go? If you're Kevin Durant, do you want the Nets to do that? You may have been the guy that was able to sell yourself on hooking up with Kyrie to win a championship, but after a couple of years, you have to be questioning that decision. Oh, no doubt about it, Carlin. And to give more credence to your suspicion about why James Harden wanted out, think about it this way. The Brooklyn Nets offered James Harden a contract extension at the beginning of this year. He turned that down. Even after Kevin Durant locked into his contract situation long term, after Durant signed an extension this past summer, James Harden turned it down. He took a wait-and-see approach, and the thing that he wanted to see was how Kyrie Irving would be this year. And the frustration of Kyrie being a part-time player was enough for James Harden to realize, this is not somebody that I can rely on if I'm trying to change the narrative about my career, about my legacy, especially when it comes to postseason performance. So James Harden decided, I'm better off down in Philly with Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers as my head coach than I am with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the top ten offensive players in today's game. That speaks volumes about how toxic that situation potentially is in Brooklyn. And so I think the decision that you're talking about is not going to be left up to Joe Sy and Sean Marks. That's going to be left up to Kevin Durant because he's the one that's locked in long term. It's going to be about the guys that he feels like he needs around him in order to compete for a championship. And right now, if I'm Brooklyn and if I'm KD, I don't know that I'm in a hurry to give Kyrie Irving a $250 million commitment. Let's allow him to play on that player option for $36.5 million in 2022-2023, and we'll see how this thing goes if, in fact, we do have an early exit from the postseason this year. That's Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle your motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. In just moments, we turn to one of our NBA insiders, Brian Windhorst of the Hoop Collective, is going to join us in just a few moments. What does the future hold for Kyrie Irving if it is an early early exit for the Nets and who exactly wants to play with LeBron at this point it's a question worth examining it is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits LED headlights and more Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Nets and Cavs tonight in the 7-8 game in the East. It's the Clippers and the T-Wolves in the 7-8 play-in game in the West. Here to help us preview that and break down exactly the big stories in the league right now, Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA insider and of the Hoop Collective. Brian, we appreciate the time. It's Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny today. I was listening to the preview of the games tonight uh, earlier today. And just getting your take on the Nets, I think, is kind of interesting here. I don't really know, Brian, how we should view the Nets season at the moment, and I don't know how we're going to be viewing it in a couple of weeks. How do you see that playing out here? Yeah, I mean, for everything they've gone through this year, and it's obviously you could write multiple books on the way this season has played out, all of their – all of their goals are sitting in front of them. And if they win tonight, they get the Celtics in the first round. And while the Celtics are a very formidable team, they are a team that is not whole. And, it, and they, they, have, you know, they have depth concerns. And so they wouldn't have home court. But they would have you – know, I, I will see what Vegas puts that series. But, you know, I got to believe it's going to be even money. And – that's kind of all you could ask for, what's happened to them. And if they get through that series, potentially the next series might even be more favorable. So um, it's very hard for me to put faith in the Nets because they just simply don't defend. And I just, you know, historically, my brain is programmed to tug me towards historical realities. And historically, teams that are bottom 10 defensive teams don't make long playoff runs. I cannot sit here and tell you that I would put anything, anything out of the reach of a guy like Kevin Durant. So it is worthwhile to tune in to watch to see how this goes. Wendy, a lot of folks have made much of the fact that the Brooklyn Nets haven't given Kyrie Irving a contract extension or haven't made any overtures in that regard. How much does his performance throughout the course of this coming postseason factor into the Nets' future commitment to Kyrie? I don't think at all. And, you know, we're going to have two very interesting contracts come this offseason, one for Kyrie and one for James Harden. And here we have Kyrie Irving, who obviously is a breathtaking player. 
Uh, one of the more incredible players to watch I've ever seen. Immense talent, proven clutch performer who doesn't value basketball uh, as, a, as, as the main priority of his life. And that's okay. I mean, um, nobody has to make their work their number one priority. If they want to focus on other things, that's what your right is. But just know that if you, when you give him $200 million this offseason, that you're signing a guy who basketball is not his top you know, non-family priority. And so to that, I wish the, not, the Nets good luck. And then you have the, the Sixers with James Harden, who is having a very alarming season this year. Hmm. That if you had James Harden already in a long-term contract, you would have your stomach a little bit upset right now. You'd be like, whoa, I don't know about this $50 million a year deal we've got James Harden in based on the way he's playing. And then you realize he's going to be a free agent with the expectation that the Sixers give him $250 million, and I don't see how they're not, and that would make me head to the bathroom. I, I, I just It's like a slow-motion wreck, um, and no matter what happens with James Harden and the Sixers, whether he overcomes what looks like a significant and, and apparent decline – or, uh, or he goes and this becomes one of the worst contracts in NBA history that he's about to sign, the Sixers will have deserved it. They will have deserved credit if they believed in him for trading for him, knowing they had to give him this contract. And if he turns into an anchor around their neck, they will have deserved it. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, the Hoop Collective Podcast, joining Chris Carlin and Chris Canty on ESPN Radio in for Greeny today. If you gave Kevin Durant some truth serum, how would he respond to the question of how he feels about the last couple of years in Brooklyn and how this has all played out? I don't have to give him truth serum, Chris, because he's already backed it up with his actions. He supported Kyrie Irving when he went to Brooklyn. He supported Kyrie Irving again when he extended his contract the max years last summer. He supported Kyrie Irving again when he greenlit the trade away of James Harden. He supported Kyrie Irving again when even though they were in first place and doing just fine, that he, he, he advocated to management to bring him back as a part-time player. He has repeatedly and unfailingly supported Kyrie Irving he is in that marriage, uh, good times and bad. Oh, that is an interesting place to be if you're Oof. Kevin Durant trying to enhance your legacy. Talking with ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse on Greeny. And, Wendy, when it comes to what we've seen from the Brooklyn Nets this year and disastrous season that the Los Angeles Lakers have, Carlin and I have been having a conversation. If the Nets get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, which team – has had the more disappointing season. And I'm a Lakers fan, so I guess I'm a little bit biased, but I want to get that answer from your perspective. So the thing about it is, is that you have to operate, if you operated on the belief, and by the way, the Lakers organization did. So if you are in this belief, you're not necessarily alone. If you operated on the belief that the Lakers were a truly historically great team, you obviously would say the Lakers. 
But I don't think even if they were healthy that they would have been a championship team this year. I think they probably would have been a contender for sure. I mean, they certainly wouldn't be home right now. If Anthony Davis played a normal number of games, he played 65 instead of 42 or whatever he played, they'd be in the playoffs right now. But they wouldn't be, like, first seed challenging the Suns, like, oh, here we go. They would have major flaws. They were never going to be a great team. Um, So, again, it depends. If you thought they were going to be a great team, that's a huge disappointment. The Nets, the the grand disappointment in the Nets, it really doesn't matter what they do in this postseason, I guess, unless they win. The grand disappointment in the Nets is that they had potentially the type of team that could win multiple championships. Those three guys together were, you know, LeBron, Bosch, Wade, esque not as good in my opinion but lebron bosch wade esque type of potential the three of them even in the the few games they played together last year were great and so they've lost more than just their seating or what what you know harden or whatever they lost a chance in my mind to put together a dynasty and that is the true loss it goes beyond just what happens this season and Maybe in the end, Kyrie and Durant are going to get there anyway, and so it won't matter. But they went through seven or eight years of hell, you know, the, the, the Nets did, when they were losing and giving all their picks to, to, to Boston. They pulled an incredible, you know, effort to, to win over Durant and Kyrie. And then to give away, you know, to make that trade where they just gambled their whole future on Harden, it was a breathtaking move to build a historic team, and they got nothing out of it. Nothing. That team's ceiling, in my view, was like a hundred stories taller than this Laker team's ceiling. So, depending on how you want to step back and look at the picture, I don't think the Lakers' disappointment can compare with the Nets. Ryan Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, the Hoop Collective Podcast joining us. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny today. All right, Wendy, just your most intriguing storyline of this postseason is what? Well, in the short term, guys, I'm a little bit worried about COVID. Um, The numbers are coming up again, uh, especially on the East Coast. And we have – so Goran Dragic is just out of health and safety for the Nets. Uh, Bam Adebayo went into health and safety for the Heat. Now, hopefully nobody gets seriously ill, number one. And number two, that, you know, through the vaccine and through a lot of players have had the, had the virus this season, that we don't have playoff series decided by who is uh, healthy enough and can play. And also, the league is not testing every day. But I'm a little bit worried about that as a storyline. I, I, I'm not supposed to say – I'm not going to say it's the most important one, but that's one that I think is, um, is fairly significant. And even though the players may not have COVID, just the whole situation with getting in and out of Toronto, COVID is going to play a role in that situation too. Um, and that's another thing is, you know, when you come in and out of Toronto, you have to get tested. And so they're going to potentially get people caught 
you know, who don't even have symptoms. Um, and if, you know, with the rules the way they are, if you get caught in the middle of a series, you're going to be down for the series. So I'm a little bit concerned that COVID in the next couple of weeks is going to be a, a discussion that we have that we thought we weren't going to have to have, um, you know, going forward. Um, actually, on the court, uh, to me, uh, I, you know, I, I think I really want to see how the guys who are not sure whether we're going to play or not, is Ben Simmons going to be able to get on the court? I can't see how he's anywhere close. But Woj says it's possible, and Woj is, um, you know, the gold standard. And um, Zion Williamson, does he if – the, if the Pelicans get two wins, I think Zion is, you know, quote-unquote closer, although I can't see him playing either. But does he pop in? Those are the things that I'm going to be watching over the next couple of weeks. Talking with ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse on Greeny and Wendy, a lot of interesting commentary coming out of Southern California with the Lakers players – you know, doing their exit interviews and press conferences, and of course, the organization making the decision to part ways with Frank Vogel. Any idea as to some of the candidates that the Lakers can make a realistic run at? We've heard names like Nick Nurse and Quinn Snyder. Those guys are under contract. Jawan Howard's name has been floated out there. Where do the Lakers turn for their next head coach? Well, first off, if you're going to get a player who or get a coach who's under contract somewhere else. You're going to need two things. One, you're probably going to need to trade something for him, and usually that's a draft pick, if the team is even amenable to letting the, the, the coach out. The Lakers have no extra draft picks to trade. Um, also, if a, if a coach is in a lucrative contract in another team, and Nick Nurse makes like $7 million a year, and Quinn Snyder, his value is at least that or more, you're going to have to pay the Lakers would have to say, we're going to give you a lot more money. And historically, the Lakers don't pay. They, you know, Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time, had to browbeat them to get paid what his market value was. They wouldn't pay Ty Lue. I'm not sure why Monty Williams didn't um, choose the Lakers uh, over the Suns, but uh, I'm sure, you know, the Suns were willing to pay more. The Lakers don't pay for coaches. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't pay going forward, but if you're going to steal somebody you're going to have to incentivize you know in a lot of different ways so that's that's number one number two if i'm a coach i'm petrified over what i heard yesterday and it has nothing to do with the way they fired frank vogel there's no good way to fire somebody i don't the way that they fired vogel is not relevant what's relevant is what russell westbrook said because his comments did not sound like someone who was conciliatory at all and was looking to try to salvage next season. His comments were borderline defiant in that he didn't think he could play the way he wanted this season when playing the way he wanted was a devastating blow to the Lakers. And it left me two thoughts. The first thought is how in the world did LeBron and Anthony Davis get comfortable. Like, what did Westbrook say to them last summer when they had those meetings? Did he say these same things and LeBron and, and AD just ignored it? Or did Westbrook say something else? I still have no clue how they left a meeting based on the way Westbrook is philosophy of the game and what he said yesterday about playing with those two guys. 
I have no idea how they shook hands at the end of a night and said, yep, let's make this happen. It blows my mind. It blew my mind when they made the deal. And after hearing it play out, I just don't understand. But if you're a coach and you have the real reality that you may have to, you may have to deal with Westbrook for next season because getting out of that is not going to be simple. And you just heard the way Westbrook talked about his coach and the way Westbrook talked about wanting to play. I wouldn't want to be there if he's there. I'd be like, I want him out of there. And, you know, frankly, I thought Frank Vogel was more supportive of Westbrook than he should have been. He stuck with him longer. He stuck, he kept him in the starting lineup longer. If you want to criticize Frank Vogel for stuff that he did this year, he was too supportive of Westbrook. And here we have Westbrook talking about how he wasn't. I mean, it's borderline delusional. And I can't come into a situation when I've got a really good job right now or other options and try to deal with a player who is delusional like this. So I would say yesterday was not a step forward in the attractiveness of the Los Angeles job. But I will say this. I've covered the NBA for 20 years. And when Lakers teams have been awful, when Lakers teams have been championship teams, there has never, ever been a shortage of people who want to be in Los Angeles. So despite all of that, I promise you there will be people fighting to get this job. The question is, will it be the right person? Wendy, awesome stuff, strong stuff. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for the time. Have a good day, guys. Ryan Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider. Check out the Hoop Collective podcast. It has got a great preview for the play-in games that begin tonight. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Up next, we will dissect what Wendy had to say about that Lakers situation and who actually wants to play with LeBron at this point. It's a fair question. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty for Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Oh, dear God. We're going to get you a lot it was of coming. this. I know. You knew it was coming. I know. He couldn't help himself. I, I just, it is Carlin and Canty in for Greeny today. Canty and Carlin begins on April 25th, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. And the CNC Music Factory jokes like, Immediately when the show got announced yesterday on Twitter and so many uh, nice things were said and support and, and such, we really appreciate it. But for those who are CNC Music Factory fans, don't hold your breath. I don't even fair? know how many people are still out there that know who CNC Music Factory is. See, Carmen. here's the question. Here, here's the thing. Let's not ask the question. Let's not find out. Let's, Let's not, not find, find out. out. <laughs> Let's not find out. I don't want any of our success to be piggybacked off of them. How about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know if you can have success piggybacked off of them. I don't even know if that's possible. Fair. Yeah. Fair. 
It is Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Who wants to play with LeBron, and how is that whole situation even solvable at this point? The personnel on this roster, that's the problem. It's not the coaching that's necessarily the problem. It's just wild. This whole thing is is insane to me. I mean, it would be laughable if it wasn't shameful the way they handled this thing. That's just awful. There was so much, so much to digest off of what happened with the Lakers this year and what went wrong. And frankly, out of the exit interviews yesterday from LeBron and from Russell Westbrook. And Chris, first of all, let's hear from Russ. We heard about this a little bit with what Wendy was saying a few moments ago. And the idea that you can't fathom what was said in the meeting before the season with LeBron and AD, where LeBron and, and AD got together with Russ and just said, yeah, yeah, this is our guy. I'm signing mm-hmm. up for this. Well, this is Russell Westbrook at his exit interview yesterday, and he has asked about how that whole situation played out. LeBron and AD were very clear with, like, let Russ be Russ. Like, we heard that a lot. Yeah, but that wasn't true. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, because, so let's yeah, be honest. Wow. Right away, I mean, shots fired across the bow for both LeBron and AD at that point when you're saying, well, that just flat out wasn't true. And let's not forget about Frank Vogel either because the person that asked the question was L.A. Times Lakers beat reporter Dan Wojcicki. And one of the things that he pointed out in his article that he released over the weekend was that Russ did not respect Frank Vogel from day one. Now, this according to an anonymous source within the Lakers organization but that was the reality. Like Frank Vogel was talking about buying into certain ideas with the team, like whoever gets the rebound, pushing the ball up the court. And Russell Westbrook was not amenable to that, saying that he was the point guard of the team. And Carlin, when I think back to how this team was constructed and really the things that you need a Brown LeBron James to take full advantage of what he brings to the table, you need guys that can shoot, guys that can space the floor, and guys that can play off of the ball because we know – that LeBron James is going to have the ball in his hand. So to to any notion or any ideas that this thing could have worked with Russell Westbrook, knowing that he's not a shooter, knowing that he's never played off the ball throughout the course of his career, this was going to be a disaster in the making, and that's exactly what we saw. So we can't dismiss what we saw from the Lakers this year you know, because of injury, because of health concerns, I think that this thing was doomed to fail from the start. And the record when the big three is on the court, 11 and 10, suggests that my suspicions about this thing is right from the start. It was going to be a bad situation. And now the only question is how can you try to dramatically reshape this roster with limited resources in the way of salary cap space and in the way of draft kit? So if you're LeBron and you're trying to do that, and make no mistake, he's the one who's trying to do that. Yes. What does that look like? Does it mean trading away? Obviously, it means Russ has got to be off the team. Yes. And his expiring contract will be seen as an asset to some. But does it mean Anthony Davis as well? Can you, again, hitch yourself? We were talking about Durant with Kyrie earlier. If you're LeBron, can you hitch your wagon to AD at this point? I I don't know how you can and even though he's making the decisions Chris I mean as we hear here he certainly doesn't want to take responsibility for that being the case the front office is going to do whatever it takes to help this ball club become a better ball club 
from top to bottom. They ask me my opinion, I give my opinion, but at the end of the day, they're going to make the, um, the decisions that they feel is best for the, for the franchise. You know, I'm not going to sit here and make decisions for the front office and things of that nature, but you know, I love being a teammate with Russ and, you know, that's just the way it is. All right, look, I don't expect him to say a whole lot different about Russ or whatever, but, I mean, Rob Palinka has called LeBron a stakeholder in this. He's making the decision, ultimately. They're going to do what he wants to do. Yeah, Carlin, but I don't know about that because at the trade deadline, we, we, want, we saw that LeBron James wanted the team to make a move, and that likely included them packaging the 2027 first-round pick that they have along with Russell Westbrook in order to bring back a more complimentary piece. And Rob Palenka and the Lakers brass didn't do that. So I think the Lakers will try to be aggressive in putting the right pieces around LeBron, but there is a limit to where they're willing to go. But yeah. They're not going to compromise or sacrifice any more of their long-term future to try to make sure that they put a winner around LeBron. And so I think that this is – this is potentially one of those off-seasons where Clutch Sports LeBron James could be at odds with the Lakers' front office just because of what they do or what they don't do. And so I'm curious to see how all of this stuff plays out, but I don't have a lot of optimism that the Lakers can do enough to shape this roster and make it a true contender and take advantage of the twilight of LeBron's career. 303 Products has your number. With a full line of premium protectants and cleaners, they have everything you need to keep your car night looking new longer i don't see how lebron should be making those decisions and it leads to a much bigger question of whether or not he's actually going to sign a long-term extension with the lakers this offseason do they offer it at this point or do you look for somewhere else i don't know who you would attract who wants to come and play in this situation if you're a superstar looking for a better spot I cannot make the argument that the Lakers are a better spot. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.